Hello and welcome to the Analysis Mason podcast. My name is Tom Rebeck and I'm a partner in our research division. I'm here with Igor Babich, who leads our cybersecurity research program. In the build-up to the RSA conference, Igor has written a couple of articles looking at the 2020 results of various security vendors. The first piece looks at the fastest growing players and the second looks at the more established network security providers. We'll put a link to both of these articles in the show notes. So Igor, let's start by talking about the fastest growing security vendors, um, CrowdStrike, Okta and, and Zscaler or Zscaler, if you prefer. Um, so firstly on CrowdStrike, um, how well did it do in, in 2020? Um, so CrowdStrike did very well in 2020, actually. Its um, annual revenue increased by over 80%, I think um, 82% year on year, and it reached um, $874 million. Um, but to put that into perspective, um, CrowdStrike's annual revenue uh, was around $120 million in, in 2017, so three years ago. Um, so it actually grew sevenfold um, during these three years, which um, uh, I think you'll agree is quite um, impressive. Um, and to put that into a bit more context, um, maybe we should compare um, CrowdStrike's revenue to the revenues of uh, some of its competitors. So um, if you look at FireEye, which is one of CrowdStrike's top competitors, um, its revenue increased from $780 million to $941 million during the same period. So by um, you know, less than $200 million. Um, and, and during the same time, also Trend Micro's um, enterprise revenue, and Trend Micro is a player with a significantly longer standing in the endpoint security um, industry, increased by uh, just over $250 million. Um, so again, much, much, by much, much yeah. less in, in absolute terms than, than CrowdStrike's revenue. So, so, so yeah, you could say. Yeah, Sorry. so CrowdStrike's gone up by what, almost $700 million at the same time that its competitors have gone up in maybe 200 million. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so what's driving that growth for, for CrowdStrike? So I think there's a couple of factors driving this growth. Um, so one of them is definitely um, sustained investment in sales and marketing activities. Um, another one is um, an expansion of its product portfolio. And then you could say a third important factor is um, that its level of customer satisfaction is pretty high. So um, um, CrowdStrike's uh, tw trailing 12-month dollar-based net retention rate, which I'll explain uh, in a bit, was um, between 125 and 131% um, throughout 2020. And what this means in, in is that um, basically the vendor's annual recurring revenue from a set of subscription customers uh, is compared to the same figure from the previous year from the same customers. So in effect, that means that if a customer spent $100 with CrowdStrike in 2020 or in 2019, in 2020, it spent $125 or between $125 and $131 right. um, with with CrowdStrike. Um, so it's doing a really it, good job of upselling its customers, essentially. Yeah, basically yeah. this reflects renewals, expansion, contraction and churn, which means that it is clearly doing a very good job at upselling um, its products. Okay, cool. Let's move on to Okta then. What, what are the highlights of its performance in 2020? Um, so just just to say that Okta plays in a, in a slightly different market from, from CrowdStrike, because Okta is an identity and access management uh, specialist. And I think one of the one of the 
you know the key the key reason behind its uh, strong revenue growth is similar so it's also uh, focused on upselling and its um trailing 12 month dollar based um, net retention rate was also above 120% uh, throughout 2020 and actually throughout the last um, three calendar years so it's been consistently good at upselling um, to its customers um, and if you compare that to actually one of its competitors, Ping Identity, which also reports this um, this metric, you can see that um, Ping Identity's um, um, metric, so Ping Identity's 12, trailing 12-month dollar-based net retention rate was 115% at the end of 2019, but it actually fell during 2020 to 108%. Um, so it's doing better than its competitors at, at upselling um, its products. And the other thing is it also made some acquisitions um, during the last couple of years, uh, but these, these acquisitions weren't um, large in terms of value. And I mean, CrowdStrike also made some acquisitions in the, um, in, right. in, in the last couple of years as well. So um, also part that of, also helps. Or, yeah, also part of the growth story. Um, let's move on then to, to Zscaler. Um, so how did it perform in 2020? Um, so Zscaler also performed quite quite well in 2020. Um, I think its revenue growth rate was uh, 49%, and I don't know whether I said that, but for Okta it was 44%. Uh, and Okta's revenue is at, is at a similar level to CrowdStrike's in, in terms of um, absolute value. Um, Zscaler's revenue is a bit smaller, so its 2020 revenue was um, 536 million dollars. Um, with the 49% year-on-year revenue growth that I mentioned. Um, and I, I, I guess similarly to CrowdStrike, Zscaler also has a modular um, approach to its offering. So um, it, it, it's also focused on upselling, basically. It has a map of how to drive the customer take-up of additional solutions. And customer satisfaction, um, Zscaler also says, is a key um, in, in turning this strategy into a success because um, it, in 2020 it claimed a net promoter score, so NPS of um, 76%, and its, um, its dollar-based net retention rate was also over 120%. Right. Um, um, and I think uh, maybe something that I didn't mention for CrowdStrike, but it's been focused on, on um, getting more of its sales partner sourced, and this is also the case with um, Zscaler. So they've... Um, uh, they've focused on on you know building technical alliances with um, various other vendors and um, and also making acquisitions to address um, missing capabilities. So similarly to to the other vendors that we've discussed. Okay, so they've been relying more on partner sales and direct sales, or, or through par other sorts of partnerships. So they've been relying more on sales through partners, similarly to um, CrowdStrike. Right. Okay. Cool. Um, other than, so obviously these three are growing very quickly. So other than that fast growth, what are the other common elements between those three vendors? What else do they, are they doing similarly? So I think I've mentioned some of these already, but maybe to reiterate, I think the first one is that they all have industry-leading um, dollar-based net retention rates, which means that they're capable of upselling to existing customers quite well. So I think I, I said all of these rates are above 120% consistently. And I think in the case of CrowdStrike, in one of the quarters in 2020, this even reached um, 131%. Um, and yeah, so what this indicates is that they're well-versed at, um, at upselling to existing customers, which also suggests that um, customers are satisfied with, with you know, the solutions that they currently procure from, from these vendors. Um, the other thing is they're all actively making acquisitions. 
Um, so I mentioned some of the some some of the acquisitions that they've made. Um, so all three companies have actually acquired technologies that have enabled them to expand either market share or addressable markets. Um, and then the third thing, and also quite an important one, is that they're all addressing segments of the cybersecurity market that are rapidly growing. Um, so for instance, identity and access management in the case of um, Okta or um, the next generation endpoint protection platforms and uh, endpoint detection and response in the case of um, um, CrowdStrike. Um, so it's, it's markets that are rapidly growing or markets where there is strong appetite for the replacement of um, legacy solutions, which would be the, the case of CrowdStrike, basically, where people are, where companies are switching from um, legacy antivirus um, solutions to cloud-based next-generation uh, products. Okay, makes sense. Um, let's turn now to the established big four network security vendors. So Cisco, Palo Alto Networks, Checkpoint, and Fortinet. Let's take each of those in turn, starting with Palo Alto. It had a very strong year in, in, in 2020. So talk us through the, the main developments for, for Palo Alto in the last year. Sure. So um, I, I think the main, the main news about Palo Alto for 2020 is that their quarterly revenue exceeded $1 billion um, for the first time ever in the quarter that ended on the 31st of January 2021, so in the, la in the latest reporting quarter. Um, the other thing to note is that um, its revenue actually grew by 21% year on year in, in 2020, and it's consistently been growing over the last five years. I think the, um, the CAGR for um, the 2015 to 2020 period for Palo Alto Networks was 27%, which obviously suggests that the vendor has been growing its revenue consistently uh, and also strongly as well. Um, now, the, the key thing to mention about Palo Alto's revenue growth is that um, it's a lot of it was based on acquisitions that the vendor made over that on multiple acquisitions that the vendor made over the last couple of years. So I think since the beginning of 2018, uh, Palo Alto has executed 12 acquisitions, and these acquisitions have been in various areas of um, network security and, and cybersecurity more generally. So um, Palo Alto has really tried to diversify through um, through these acquisitions. So it acquired companies that focus on um, SD-WAN, companies that focus on um, endpoint detection and response, um, IoT security, uh, public cloud infrastructure security, and, and so on. Um, and also these acquisitions varied in size. So some were very, very big, um, some were not as big. But in total, I think the vendors spend um, $3.5 billion mm. around, around that figure, which is, again, quite a lot of money. Um, for these 12 acquisitions. Yeah, so it's, spent, uh, it's bought a lot of companies, but also some of those are, are very big, very substantial acquisitions. And we'll talk about yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the other players in a minute, um, but mostly uh, they made, made smaller acquisitions. Um, so maybe let's go on to Cisco next. How did it do in, in 2020? Um, so Cisco's revenue growth in 2020 uh, year on year was 12%. And, you know, this is slower than uh, for both Fortinet and Palo Alto Networks. Um, and it's also slower than Cisco's revenue growth in 2019, which I believe was 18%. Um, now, the, the reason why its growth a year ago was a bit faster was that um, Cisco uh, bought Duo Security back in 2018, I believe. Uh, and, and actually, this, this acquisition was the last sort of very significant one that Cisco made. 
um, because it enabled it to expand into identity and access management, expand its capabilities in this um, mm. in this segment of the market. And identity and access management is actually one of the fastest growing areas of um, of network security business spend. Um, so yeah, I think that. that okay, of... so it's still. I mean, Cisco still had a very strong growth in in, in 2020. Not as strong as yeah, Palo Alto, yeah. but then it hadn't didn't make the, the the size of sort of acquisitions that that Palo Alto had made. So possibly. Yeah, I mean, not... the... gone. The other thing to say about Cisco is that Cisco was the largest player in the network security space for you know for a around long time. a decade. Yeah, yeah, before before Palo Alto actually overtook it in 2020. Okay, then let's talk a bit about Fortinet. So that was also a very strong performer in 2020. Um, in some ways, possibly even strong, you, could argue, you could argue it was stronger than Palo Alto. Um, so just talk about um, Fortinet's performance in 2020. So um, Fortinet's revenue um, grew in 2020 by 20% year on year, which is very similar to Palo Alto, which I think I said was 21% year yep. on year. Uh, but obviously, Fortinet's revenue grew from a slightly smaller base. Uh, but e even even so, this base wasn't, um, you know, I think um, Fortinet's revenue in 2020 was $2.6 billion, while Palo Alto's was 3.8. Mm. So, 20% year-on-year revenue growth on a two, you know, on that level of um, of revenue is actually quite a, a, a good achievement. And the other thing to say is that actually, while Palo Alto's revenue growth was um, you know, some of it was organic, but quite a lot of it was inorganic, so based on acquisitions. Um, in the case of Fortinet, um, a lot of it was actually organic. So in 2018, 2019, and 2020, Fortinet made six acquisitions compared to Palo Alto's 12. And actually, it only spent $100 million on these compared to Palo Alto's $3.5 million. Right. Um, so it, it's, it has focused on, you know, making smaller scale deals and also deals with a minimal execution risk compared to Palo Alto's yeah. where, um, you know, just because of the size of the companies, the execution risk was, was a lot higher. Uh, but, but the thing is also Fortinet, uh, Fortinet expanded into similar areas as Palo Alto through these acquisitions. So it, it, it acquired capabilities in the fields of endpoint detection and response, similarly to um, Palo Alto and um, SASE, again, similarly mm. to Palo Alto. So, um, so yeah, it, yeah. But broadly speaking, it's Fortinet's growth in 2020 was was organic. So even though the growth rate was like marginally behind Palo Alto, if you were, I, I don't think we have the organic growth rate figures for these for these players. But if you were to have them, it's almost certainly that Fortinet grew organically stronger than than anybody else. Um, yeah, I mean the other thing to take into account is the actual size of yeah. um, the actual absolute number in terms of revenue. So Palo Alto is bigger still, and yeah. you know, growing bigger in absolute numbers. But yeah, you could say that Fortinet was actually really, really successful in in organic growth in yeah. 2020, and even in the years before uh, 2020, it, it's been consistently growing. Yeah, basically. it's doing doing very well. Let, let's round this out then by talking about Checkpoint. So this seems to have a slightly different approach to the others. So can you talk about its results, but also its strategy? Yeah, sure. So um, in terms of its results, um, Checkpoint has been growing much uh, more slowly than the other three vendors that we've mentioned. So its revenue growth in 2020 was 3.5% year on year, uh, so much slower than the 12 and the 20 and the 21 mm. that we've uh, mentioned previously. But um, unlike Palo Alto, for instance, Checkpoint has a long history of being profitable. And unlike Fortinet as well, because Fortinet is profitable, but it, ha it, it only became profitable recently. Um, and Checkpoint's strategy is focused on profitability and on stability rather than growth. So it has, it has consistently spent 
the same share of its revenue on sales and marketing activities, on R&D activities, and it has generated a net profit of around 40% of its annual revenue for the last decade, basically. Um, so it found a formula that works mm. for them, uh, but you know the, the negatives of this are that, for instance, its um, research and development spend is lower than that of Fortinet and Palo Alto, both in absolute terms and as a percentage of revenue, and it does risk being outpaced um, on innovation by these yeah. um, by these vendors. And it's also, I mean, it has also made acquisitions like the others, but it seems like the acquisitions it made tend to be much smaller. So again, there's yeah, less yeah, execution yeah. risk, but there's less. Uh, it's adding less revenue by, by by making these deals. Yeah, it's it's less aggressive in a way um, in terms of chasing growth, but it also is, you know, from a business perspective, it's quite successful. Yeah, yeah it's a sort of the opposite extreme of, of Palo Alto, which is very aggressively chasing growth, um, where the checkpoint is much more much more conservative. Um, so let's yeah, just yeah. look about the challenges for the year ahead for those four. Um, what, what do you think? You, you've sort of mentioned some of them already, but what what will you be looking out for? Um, so in terms of Palo Alto, I think the main challenge will be um, the integration of the different businesses that it um, purchased over the last couple of years, and also you know keeping its organic revenue growth rate up while improving mm. the profitability metrics because um, you know it, it's it's accumulated quite a lot of deficit over yeah. the years running, and it should really start um, chasing better profitability. Um, so unlike Palo Alto checkpoint is maybe too cautious. So we've said yeah. that you know Palo Alto is quite aggressive, um, while checkpoint's approach might be too cautious. And the portfolio expansions of Palo Alto and Fortinet might represent a real threat in the coming years um, if companies decide to go uh, with checkpoint's competitors instead. Yeah. Um, Fortinet. So we've said now is profitable. Now is consistently profitable, which is you know a major major success, major achievement, um, but it still needs to make sure that it keeps up pace with um, changes in the market, obviously. Mm. Um, in terms of Cisco, um, so Cisco is a much larger business than all of these companies because Cisco doesn't only focus on cybersecurity. It yeah. has, um, I think cybersecurity only accounted for 7% of Cisco's um, total revenue in 2020. Um, but it does have the potential to account for a much higher share of Cisco's revenue. Um, and I think Cisco can really um, capitalize on, on changes in working patterns that, are, that have been caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and, and it could try and um, tie its cybersecurity solutions more closely to its networking products, to its um, collaboration products, cloud products, and, and so on, mm. uh, and create bundles which would be... Um, you know, attractive to yeah. businesses. So combining those different assets that it's got from the other parts of its business, the non non security parts of its business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, making uh, synergies from from all of these uh, capabilities. Okay, great. Thank you, thank you, Igor. Um, so you can find links to both of these articles on the website. We will also be attending. So Igor and I are going to be attending much of the RSA event next week, and we'll, we're planning to record another podcast on the main themes that we hear in a couple of weeks' time. So autom to automatically receive that episodes and all future episodes, please subscribe to the Analysis Mason podcast. Thank you for listening.